0: My name is Andrew Newby, and I'll be hosting a series of iResearch Services podcasts over the coming weeks. These are intended to educate senior-level marketers and thought leaders as to how to address some of the more challenging and exciting issues facing them currently. Our topic today is that of emerging trends in market research, with reference to the evolution of survey and agile research. With that, I'd like to welcome our very first guest expert, based in Dallas, Texas. Ijaz Hussein is US research and insights leader serving the manufacturing and energy industries for Deloitte. Ijaz has over 18 years of experience in research, thoughtware development, business strategy, market competitive intelligence, and financial analysis. He has authored numerous compelling high-impact thought leadership studies in the areas of business strategy, advanced technologies, digital transformation, sustainability, and the future of work. Ijaz Hussain. Welcome and thank you for sharing your insights with our listeners. Thank you, Andrew. Uh,
1: It's a pleasure joining this podcast. Uh, I'm really looking forward to having a meaningful conversation on this particular topic.
0: You're very welcome. Ijaz, what is the current role of insights in a modern brand? How has that changed over the last five years or so?
1: Yeah, so insights uh, and analytics play a vital role to build and drive customer centricity, which in turn affects how a brand is perceived and valued in the marketplace, right? So as an organization's brand depends on its customers' needs and desires and is influenced by their perception, brand value really boils down to getting inside uh, your customers' heads, right? So insights help achieve that by answering some of the most important questions, such as, what do my customers think, how do they behave, what do they need, where do they go to get it, what's important to them, how does my brand make them feel, and also how does my brand help them further their goals. And as you know, consumers are increasingly seeking brands and products that align with their cultural identity and lifestyle, leading to intense competition in each and every market that a particular brand uh, operates in. So Insights helps a firm be more agile in understanding why other brands are growing, what threat is posed and how they could compete. It, It helps in catalyzing conversations about strategy, ultimately leading to changes across the organization and also the employee mindset. While driving consistent growth and profitability requires employees at higher levels spanning functions from R&D to supply chain to marketing and finance, it's the insights engine that helps achieve and sustain brand leadership. In addition to providing an ability to to take a truly consumer-centric approach, insights help brand in reducing costs as they know more about their audiences, that is their customers, channels as well as tactics to focus on moreover it creates opportunities for more authentic marketing communications so for instance organizations value is exceptionally tied to its brand and reputation and uh, uh, various uh, analysis done in this particular field reveal that intangible assets comprise over 80 percent of the value of companies on the s p 500 moreover they spend a lot of time tracking their competitors and in trying to outcompete them so one of the key contributing factors to revenue and margin growth is the firm's brand value which is heavily influenced by its thought leadership so thought leadership is one of the critical factors shaping uh, impressions of a firm's brand reputation and the most significant influencer of perceptions about its innovative capabilities Five or six years ago, attributes such as execution or operational effectiveness used to confer long-term advantage. If an organization designed and developed higher quality products and had say superior distribution, they would have outrun their competition. But today, those capabilities are just table stakes. Insights on the other hand, which is a foundational element uh, of customer centricity is a new source of competitive advantage. Insights helps organizations deeply understand their customers' needs and help fulfilling them better than anyone else. Today, what is uh, increasingly separating the winners from the losers in most of the industries is an organization's ability to transform data into insights uh, about customers' motivations and and how to turn those insights into strategy. So not so long ago, research and insights were a reactive service, merely supplying data to interpreting it and mostly reporting it to the marketing function or the business units. Today, insights function is highly entrenched in strategy and increasingly taking high level advisory role. Thank That's you.
0: Cool. Do you think, um, and you allude to it there, do you think CEOs, truly understand the the uses and uh, power of insights or is it still seen from your experiences um as a nice to have we've got that department that does the insight stuff um but isn't really seen as central as, you, as you've just said to the to strategy to to overall company strategy how much how much do you still see that
1: uh yeah it's uh it's improving andrew right so more and more CEOs, C-suite level conversations or board level meetings, really uh, highlight some of the key trends uh, and issues in their sector or with their competition. Right, so so CEOs are uh, really uh, emphasizing uh, the value that insights and thought leadership bring, and. Uh, They understand that uh, tomorrow, if if they have to differentiate themselves from their competition, they will have to have a unique point of view, which kind of separates them from their uh, peers, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, there are several uh, instances where uh, across the industries, where companies are trying to uh, stand up uh, insights functions uh, within their own uh, firm, uh, as well as. Providing more uh, visibility as well as more focus on what they do in terms of bringing or shaping their strategy. So it's it's as we speak, the transformation is happening, Andrew. Right, right. So um,
0: just sort of getting down into sort of um, the detail, um, uh, some insights. How do how do you think qualitative and quantitative research best work together to to optimize? insights and outcomes
1: that's a great question right so so what we are really seeing is both of them really uh, uh, are uh, instrumental in driving your insights engine right so so qualitative and quantitative research are basically complementary research methodologies which yield different forms of data while uh, quantitative research methods such as surveys generate numerical data, which can be used to produce statistics and and identify patterns. Uh, Qualitative research methods such as interviews or focus groups help understand opinions and motivations to answer questions which cannot be quantified with numbers or through your quantitative research. As I said, both are important and effective to develop actionable insights. And depending on the objective, Organizations and teams could decide whether they conduct qualitative or quantitative research, or both of them, right? Yeah. Today, quantitative research is frequently conducted online to reach a wider audience that is more likely to provide an accurate representation of the views of an entire population. Due to the technology available to researchers today, surveys can be conducted quickly and uh, easily provide insights faster, making it a popular opinion. However, while quantitative research aims to objectively test a theory or measure the attitudes of your audience or target audience in response to a specific research objective, there is often no room for participants to explain the reasoning behind their responses or even the participants' individual interpretation of the question that you might ask. So, you, you get what I'm saying, right? Yes. So, this is where qualitative research complements the quantitative research effectively. Rather than just uh, the statistical and numerical measurements that describe the situation or the what, qualitative research focuses on the reasoning behind the actions of individuals and groups. That is uh, the why, right? So they capture the why through open-ended and exploratory questions. Uh, Furthermore, qualitative research methods such as uh, focus groups, online research communities and forums allow the research participants more freedom to provide in-depth answers and and have a meaningful dialogue or discussions for more detailed and informed insights. Obviously, the type of research a team undertakes will greatly uh, affect the types of insights generated. So attaining the knowledge of, uh, not only knowledge, a working knowledge of both qualitative and quantitative research methodologies is essential to plan and implement a successful uh, insights program, right? Moreover, context is, uh, is key in research and developing thought leadership, right? So the insights gained from data collected through research will always be context dependent. And so uh, organizations must be carefully, uh, carefully uh, report uh, in reference to the context in which they've gathered the information as well as providing the insights. So, so the narrative analysis must consider context carefully. Uh, as as the data collected by research uh, is is formulated into summaries. So finally, I'll I'll say this, while it is okay to use only one type of uh, research for a study, the data generated from this will never be able to provide the full picture. So to develop an impactful and actionable research and and have a a kind of insights that is consistent with with, uh, your point of view, uh, the uh, organizations and teams must provide both uh, accurate and actionable insights. So it requires them to integrate both qualitative and quantitative research methods. Uh, uh, if, if you understand
0: what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. Sure. And as um, <clears throat> obviously the demand for instant insights or real-time insights rather increases, um, what are the ways in which agile market research is revolutioning revolutionizing our companies capture insights today and how do they use them
1: yeah i think that's 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 what we are seeing uh, quite a bit uh, nowadays right so there is emphasis on speed to uh, analyze speed to market your uh, insights as well as speed to understand uh, how your customers are behaving in different end markets right so so when organizations apply Agile software development uh, methods, such as uh, iterative development process, or or some of the cutting edge digital technologies which we always hear about, such as AI or automation, into the research, they empower the teams to to not only conceptualize, uh, test, and launch products or campaigns rapidly, but they can do it at a very cost in a very cost effective manner, right? So they are extremely useful for. Uh, Uh, mid-sized and small companies with limited resources who can leverage these agile market research methodologies to develop powerful capabilities for understanding consumer behavior, sizing the market, concept testing, developing new products, tracking their brand performance and whatnot. So they would really eliminate the need for external vendors or large internal resources to provide timely market insights. So, So... If if I specifically talk about the ways in which agile market research works, three things come to my mind. Automation, AI, and use case specific software. So allow me to explain this briefly, right? So first, automated research platforms can carry out tasks such as project scoping, feasibility checks, price codes, and, and launching your research to a global survey panel at a click of a button. So this helps organizations and research teams to launch several projects at any given time. Second, AI helps the market researchers make it smarter and well-rounded. Organizations can make changes to their surveys after receiving automatic recommendations from say an AI-enabled survey uh, assistant. Right. So machine learning which trains on billions of surveys responses helps teams to launch professional level surveys even without having an in-depth knowledge of, of market research. So we don't need researchers anymore? Uh, but we do need researchers because we need to uh, be able to really interpret uh, what uh, your agile market research is is saying. But you're right. So we might not need the level of researchers that we currently have today. Right. So so when you invest in these digital technologies, uh, you eliminate some of the basic tasks uh, that that are uh, that are being done manually or or by people. So it, it brings uh, a real uh, scale. As well as effectiveness to your to your research
0: which of course adds to the um requirement for us to be more imaginative and quicker in in what we provide
1: uh, elsewhere
0: right that's correct
1: that's correct so so, so the last the last uh, uh, way in which agile market research works uh, andrew quickly if, if i can wrap this up is is, is the use case uh, specific software which which helps organizations and and teams scale their research efforts easily as some research methodologies are usually generic right and can 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 be replicated quickly for instance uh, say you take a concept test it, it largely remains the same both for testing a new product idea or a brand logo so you can use that use case specific software to quickly replicate some of the best practices uh, and and then uh, conduct your research uh,
0: expeditiously thank you so um with respect to sort of how surveys are evolving and, and bearing in mind that everyone does something on a on does their stuff on mobiles and tablets nowadays, have we seen any new trends sort of at a broad macro level in the way surveys are designed? Sort of any changes or sort of adaptions to sort of current conditions?
1: Yeah, that's, that's my favorite topic too, right? So so really the growth of uh, market research technology, uh, especially surveys has been exponential, right? So you see uh, every organization, be it research organization or even a uh, uh, brand, uh, they they are involved in in any survey at any given point of time just because of the proliferation of the research technologies, right? So, so survey as a tool for conducting research uh, is, continues to grow exponentially, especially it grew a, lost, uh, grew a lot in the past decade, thanks to the rise of social media and mobile devices. Right? Mm-hmm. It became easier and faster for market researchers to reach out to more people than they could have done uh, without having access to these uh, digital technologies or social media. So this led to more generated insights and a better, uh, more comprehensive understanding of customers. Uh, uh, and and with advancing technology and increased demand for for human centered experiences, there are uh, there are also several developments which are happening in data collection. So so let's quickly talk about some key survey trends which uh, uh, which which I kind of uh, am observing uh, which tends to create more personalized, attractive, and user friendly service. One, one is as a yeah. One is as I said, use of social media delivery survey tools now have an option for social delivery. So while while email has been uh, an obvious traditional way to reach people in the past, it is not always the best way to stand out to reach people with survey, right? Since people are hanging out on various social media channels more than ever before, organizations are using social sharing to contact respondents and, and kind of deliver that survey. So the exact channel depends on where users can be found. Organizations might consider using Say Facebook, Telegram, or or LinkedIn. Second, more interactivity. Until recently, uh, what uh, I've observed is surveys used to deliver more standardized and static messages to respondents. Right? This is changing fast. Messaging is being more personalized in reaction to the people who take surveys. So, using uh, tools such as like skip logic, teams can tailor messages for different types of respondents. And moreover, with increasing importance on easy to navigate UI and UX researchers are designing more beautiful service that don't look boring and old-fashioned. Uh, third, uh, somewhat related is personalized service. Uh, in, in the past, service could not fit to every user because we didn't have branching. That meant things were more generic, but with modern features, with, with technology that i talked about, people who answer certain questions differently can go down different question paths so that there are unique user experiences within the same survey. So, so making service more customized means organizations can target their audience with real precision. Uh, finally, Pulse surveys. Pulse surveys keep feedback short and quick. These are those push buttons uh, sometimes delivered uh, on an iPad, right, Or those sort of surveys. We also see them in stores that often ask one simple question like, how was your experience, right? We just rate it on a scale of poor to great or, or sad face to happy face. So, so pulse service means that getting feedback does not always have to be a time-consuming audio, and service can be quick and easy for both the creator and the responder. So it's, it's an easy way to collect, keep collecting data all year around.
0: Do you, do you think um, that data collection will ultimately just become an exercise in very sophisticated social listening which has been sort of on the rise since lockdown happened across across the world, it has become much more important as a proportion of data collector What what's your view on that and, and social listening and, and how that fits in with the whole aspect of agile research and and how one designs surveys?
1: Absolutely. I think uh... Uh, surveys will become a new instrument for social listening we, we, they have already become to some extent especially uh, in uh, in companies or organizations which which are uh, really very digitally savvy right so so they keep an eye uh, and uh, ear around what consumers are uh, consuming in terms of data in mm. terms of their opinions and attitudes are right. So, so a lot of uh, your social media sites, as as well as your uh, interactions online, uh, reveal uh, certain certain uh, kind of traits or characteristics which are very important for brands mm-hmm. to right? Uh, especially with uh, changing circumstances, how uh, the demand will get uh, impacted, which region, which market, which product segment, what are the changing preferences. If if an organization is not really able to understand what the consumer or consumers are saying, uh, they will really uh, stay behind their competition, right? So I think it is happening. Uh, and and uh, as we discuss, um, organizations are paying attention to Putting more emphasis on, on social listening to and Right.
0: so so um just going to the the sort of analytics side we've done that we've covered the data collection side and making surveys a lot quicker, more uh, networked, more engaging and interesting and, and quicker to do just in terms of the analytics side, what role does data viz play in um, making very complex, often business trends, easy to understand, and how does data viz help um, in advising solutions to clients? Everyone's supposed to use data viz nowadays. It's obviously sexy, but is it, is it really needed? And if so, where is it really optimal in its sort of effects? Right. Many of us would have heard
1: the famous saying, a picture is is worth a thousand words, right? Mm -hmm. So when data is presented in a pictorial or graphical format, it enables uh, an organization's clients and decision makers to grasp difficult concepts or identify new patterns easily. So so with interactive uh, data visualization, teams can make the concept a step further by using technology, to drill down into charts and graphs for more detail, uh, which interactively changes what data one sees and, and how it is processed. So, so the concept of using these visuals or pictures to understand data has been around for decades or even say centuries, right? So it's the technology however, that truly uh, is leading the fire under uh, data visualization. So today's computers are making it possible to process large amounts of data at, at lightning fast speeds. And uh, currently data visualization has become a rapidly evolving blend of science and art that is transforming the research and insights landscape. So so with big data, there is potential for great opportunity, uh, but still many organizations seem to be challenged when it comes to finding value in their big data investment. For example, how they can use big data to improve customer relations, customer relationships and how and to what extent should they invest in big data? right so so my point is that because of the way the human brain processes information using charts or graphs to visualize large amounts of complex data uh, which is can be like over spreadsheets or multiple spreadsheets or reports data visualization is something which which gets uh, to the point uh, gets you to the point where you can clearly understand and and make sense of the data, right? So it's it's a quick, quick, easy way to convey concepts in a universal manner. And and one can experiment with different scenarios by by making slight adjustments to identify areas that need attention or improvement, clarify which factors influence your customer behavior, help understand which products to place where and also predict sales volume using as view or further analysis. So, so, so basically by using a, a graphical representation of business information, uh, businesses can see large amounts of data in clear cohesive ways and draw conclusions from that information. So even extensive amounts of complicated data start to make sense when presented graphically. So businesses can recognize Parameters that are highly correlated, right? right? So it's it's very important from a research and insights function standpoint that they use data visualization to discover trends uh, both in, in in a particular business or in the market, which can give them an edge over the competition and ultimately affect the bottom
0: line. So um, you know, lots of companies of CDOs where well, they didn't used to, and everyone's talking about the data. Um, I, I guess all that is sort of great but if you don't have the right business objectives and marketing strategy that you know it can all go to naught so just pulling back a bit and trying to think of this broader picture I jazz so you know we're seeing very dramatic changes in in markets and indeed in everything at the moment um shifting organizations business objectives and um as a result their, their marketing strategies um, our audiences, um primarily marketeers for this this podcast so large thought leadership programs um, can become misaligned um, so what steps are required in your opinion to to, to realign the two business objectives and marketing strategy um, to make sure that they, they marry up with business needs
1: yeah this this is it's a very timely question uh uh, pertinent to what we are seeing in the in the in the market uh, uh, place, right? So, so thought leadership Andrew is is very critically important to an organization's success, and for building a sustainable competitive advantage, especially during tough times. Uh, so, as the global economy deals with with the downturn that we're seeing, many organizations will likely focus on survival rather than bringing new ideas or solutions to tap into future growth markets. right? Prioritizing thought leadership during tough times can be a tricky proposition as as most company resources are allocated to other business areas that need immediate attention. But even while firefighting, organizations can plan for creating long-term value by looking at the bigger bigger picture, right? So an effective thought leadership strategy need not be about the amount of dollars or euros spent, but rather how it gets spent efficiently. So so it's while it's tempting to cut your marketing costs and scaling back some of your thought leadership during periods of economic slowdown and recessions, uh, but uh, I would say it's a, it's a questionable strategy, right? So during the times of change that we are seeing, like the one right now, it's more important than ever to remember that loyal customers are the primary enduring source of cash flow and organic growth. So so marketing isn't an optional cost. In fact, it, it's a good cost, one which is crucial to bringing in revenues from, from your customers, right? So therefore, organizations should keep creating engaging and insightful content or risk losing influence over their markets and, and customers. If, if we delve into this a bit, uh, what we find is that during crisis, businesses tend to adopt a pause, wait and watch approach. In my view, this approach could potentially erode an organization's differentiation or competitive advantage and could even damage their brand in some cases, right? So leaders should regard so should we, leaders should first of all, be cognizant uh, about it and should regard thought leadership as essential part of their strategy that helps brands to engage top decision makers and support their broader commercial and marketing goals. So they should realize that providing genuine insights that cut through the clutter has a real lasting impact on its. Uh, audience, which, which could be primarily your customers. So, so to, to your question, how could organizations uh, realign their thought leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so they could re- really realign the thought leadership with their business needs by considering it as a long-term investment, which provides higher ROI and helps uh, grow its, its, its brands. So marketing and research leaders could educate an organization's senior leadership and position it as one a principal source of innovative ideas and thinking second a conduit to deliver knowledge to its customers in a way which is compelling and actionable and and, and finally if i must if i can say an effect uh, they, they could position it as an effective tool which reinforces brand as a go to provider of solutions to today's biggest uh, business problems so, so, therefore, by providing in depth insight and expertise on the issues that are reshaping, say, the global economy or the industries, organizations can continue to attract customers to turn to them for new perspectives and expert advice on the challenges they face. So, so by linking or tying thought leadership to overall strategy, Organizations can continue to push fresh research and insights into topics that customers care about, right, especially in, in the environment which you're seeing, which can help an organization build its reputation as, as a leader in that particular sector, which will not only strengthen your brand, but also leads to positive commercial outcomes. So, so yeah, so that's how companies can really focus and realign their uh, strategy which which kind of uh, focuses a lot on, on thought leadership right uh, obviously tough times means that you need to be cognizant of cost but you, uh, one must regard these costs as an uh, essential important cause which will provide long-term ROI for, for an organization
0: right so <clears throat> in summary you, you'd say anyone in charge of thought leadership budgets hold your nerve Uh, engage your customers and show yourselves as solution providers uh, and in that way differentiate your brand and add value. Absolutely. Um, Okay so um, say comprehensive changes are made to thought leadership campaign it's all well funded and so on. Things such as hypotheses, research scope or, or just general contact activation uh, if these things are changed, they presumably alter the outcomes you get, and presumably that, that feeds back to the the favourable outcomes you've just been mentioned. So these adjustments probably might not align with what was agreed initially with management and or, or end clients. So, so just to end um, sort of our discussion, what, what are your thoughts on how best to manage this realignment uh, sort of the new order sort of? You know, with sort of reactivating thought leadership programs in a sustainable way, particularly in the in the climate.
1: Right. So, so as a context, uh, before before I can uh, answer this uh, this uh, 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 very effectively, I think one must understand that. it's, it's not just enough to publish a few thought leadership reports and, and hope that uh, it establishes a business's intellectual brand, right? So, so organizations must understand that to leverage the benefits of thought leadership content, they need a sustained strategy focusing on topics or content where they have something fresh and compelling to say and, and continuously drive those campaigns that engage and inspire their audience, right? So, so top leadership must realize that it is an organization-wide activity which requires and takes consistent input from all the functions and specialists, and, and, and this one which is ongoing and long-term, right? So when organizations make comprehensive changes to their thought leadership campaign it might conflict with their strategy and brand, right? So they can avoid this by evaluating whether they are risking credibility with clients by making changes to their content strategy as clients might be reaching to them because they built expertise in certain topics and that is where they differentiate in the marketplace. Let me explain this with an example, right? If an organization is known for its expertise in supply chain and a potential client is looking to expand its supply chain, the client might be looking for a firm which, uh, with the best thought leadership about digital supply networks right before they expand their supply network so therefore producing high quality thought leadership can generate leads for growing revenues uh, in areas where you want to grow your business but if there is no focus if, if you make changes to your thought leadership campaign or even to your major research studies organization might lose business as well as sometimes hurt their brand itself, right? So because you're all over the place, there is no focus. So realizing that there's a strong connection between a firm's thought leadership with its customers, its brand and financial performance is crucial in making any say unwarranted changes or any changes which kind of make you uh, steer away from, from your focus or for, uh, steer away from what you are known best in the, in the marketplace.
0: Ajaz Hussein. thank you very much for your time and insights today. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. It was a pleasure. Um, I look
1: forward to many such conversations in the future. Have a good day.
0: Likewise. Thank you so much.